It is the official start of one of my favorite segments on this show's Tuesdays with KJ. We kicked the program off with OU women's gymnastics coach, national champion, KJ Kindler. What's up, coach? Hey, good. How are you? Um, can I be honest with you? Sure. I'm still trying to figure out this portal. And I don't and and I know you've lived it now. It's funny, people call it the portal and they act like players and student athletes just started transferring, which has been going on for eons. But before we dive into previewing your team yesterday was the first day that uh, football players could enter the portal. And the, hold on, I got to find my phone. Some of these numbers were ridiculous. Ridiculous! And before we get all the niceties out of the way and catch up with you, uh, there were at one point yesterday 667 players who had entered the portal. Wow. It broke the all time record which took place on November 21st at 270, which still seems like a lot of players going into the portal on one day. And by the way, this was at 3.30 yesterday, so I'm sure that number went up. 667 players in the portal, 62 of those were quarterbacks. That's unbelievable. Right? Yeah. How has that been in your world? Um, Not quite 662, I'm going to imagine. I don't think so, but it it definitely has become more common. Uh, where in our sport before you just didn't see it at all. So it's definitely become more common, um, especially with the COVID extra year because a lot, right. of, a lot of teams can't um, fund someone for that fifth year, but another team might be able to. So a lot of people are transferring for that very last year that they have left, and we only have two classes left that can do that. Our junior class is the last class with a COVID year, and that's true of every sport. Okay. So I that gives some clarity. Yeah, that might calm down a little bit after that. But um, in other sports like football, you redshirt your freshman year, so you have more time than a gymnast might have. Gymnasts, softball, a lot of times you don't redshirt. No, we don't. You're going whenever you come in. Huh, crazy. A young body is a good body. So is the the portal – very well, as you said, it's it comes down to kind of a numbers game, right? And are you seeing are you seeing big names use maybe NIL or the portal as an opportunity to try to increase their profile, or have we not quite reached that point? No, yet? we Free not agency. in our sport. Okay. Not in our sport, we haven't. But I will say the NCAA has has done some things to try to deter um, student athletes from transferring and also to deter coaches from taking a transfer. So the new rules, if, if you take a transfer, you have to fund them the entire rest of their career. Okay. So you can't say, Hey, I'll give you a year. I'll give you one year. I'll give you two years. If they have three years left, you have to give them all three. Um, so that, that puts a little more pressure on the team. They have to have all that money to give them. And, uh, and the athlete. They- you, you had to make sure, too, that you had, had scouted and done your research on someone yes. that if you're saying, I want to go get them, you know it's – I don't know why I snapped to that. It's just kind of <laughs> – but you're like you're here and 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 we're good and you're someone that's going to fit in our culture. Yeah, fascinating. And that's hard to de- determine in advance, really. These are usually the conversations when I had have had my cup of coffee already made that we can have before we go on the air. But welcome on a day whenever, honestly, we're going to spend once you leave probably what would you say, Josh? Two two hours just basically talking about players on the move because I still feel like we're ha- as as fans. A lot of people look at it as, well, we can get this player and this guy, and we're just – but then in the same vein, coaches might look at it and say, 
but I got two guys that we brought in last year. Like you were talking about, I don't think that I don't think funding of the scholarships is is a problem for some sports like it is for others, and it shouldn't be that way. I just to make that very clear. But it's um it's weird, I think, because we're all trying to figure out, and it doesn't hurt doesn't help much whenever you look at USC this year and they brought all these dudes in from the portal and they nearly went to the playoffs. Which I fight with people and say it was Caleb Williams and that was it. But I mean, it's it's a whole new world in every sport, right? No, I agree. It is a whole new world. I do think, you know, there are sports like football. They have more scholarships to play sure. with. They have more opportunity to take a transfer than some of the other sports. You know, we, we're maybe looking at one spot that we have available. Mm-hmm. Same with softball, women's basketball, things like that. How's the offseason been? Have you even did you allow yourself some time to celebrate that you would have won the national championship? Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was busy. Like, it's sure. been busy nonstop, which is why I haven't been here. Choreography was a little later than That's usual. Fine. I, I kind of got into it a little bit um, late. And uh, so I've been kind of, you know, knocking it out every single day, getting ready here. And you got an injured husband. I so do. Lou, Lou continued to battle. I felt bad. I mean, the last time I, I talked to Lou was at the championship celebration, and I knew he was on crutches. I didn't realize that uh, Coach Ball was still battling with that, so I feel terrible not yeah. checking on him. Luckily, he has a great physical therapist. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff um, because he sees him more than I do, three, t- three times a week, and uh, he puts him in a lot of pain, more pain than I do. So thank you, Jeff. So championship in the rear view um, – it's hard to put a championship in the rear view whenever you've accomplished all your goals, but you're the ultimate competitor in, in, in my book. So what was it like to get refocused on, all right, time to think about 23, time to put that championship in the rear view? What was that process like? You know, I think the summer helps you do that. You know, we since we are a winter sport, we're done in April. Um, they had that time to kind of revel in the, the moment during the summer and – uh, when it was time to get back to business in August, everybody was pretty much on board. We have a, a really good group of women, a lot of leaders on our team. And so um, I don't think it was it was difficult for them to refocus on the next step. What do you feel like uh, you mentioned? It, you got a lot of leaders on this team. Do we say an experienced squad coming back? I would say yes. We have only two freshmen. Wow. So the two freshmen are phenomenal, though, which is great. Um, but – Yes, I would say this is a more experienced squad than last year. What, um, what do, you know, what, you would think that I would look at my notes here that I had that were uh, on Soonersports.com, but I, I, I know that you're in a situation where Olivia's taken advantage of, of her extra year, so that helps. And, and I don't know if, you know, she's in the all around conversation again this year or not, but where do you see those biggest holes heading into 23 for you? Ooh, um, we lost probably the most on balance beam. You know, Carly Woodard was, uh, she wasn't just a great beam worker and, and a beam competitor, but she was really fiery. You know, she had that real lion mentality out on the competition floor. Um, she's probably our biggest loss on balance beam, and we lost her on floor as well. Um, so I think beam is probably a place where you're going to see the most, the newest faces, if you will. And uh, but everywhere, I think people are really battling for their positions because the competition's a little stiffer in the gym. Yeah, t- well, take me through the, co- the, yeah. the competition and how it's been. Yeah, I mean, we've we brought in, we're allowed to bring in officials during the preseason, so we can kind of get a look at 
um, what the critique looks like and and what they see versus what we see every single day. Sometimes it's very different. Sometimes it's identical. And so we've been able to put them in pressure situations before Thanksgiving and then this last weekend, um, definitely kind of getting to see how they're working under pressure um, and -hmm. our new freshmen as well. Um, We have... Uh, a couple really stellar freshmen that are going to contend on every single event. And so those veterans have to <laughs> fight for their spots, no doubt about it. Um, Faith Torres, this is somebody you're going to hear a lot about, and she will be an all-arounder. So she's, you know, straight out of uh, – she's from Wisconsin. She trained in a gym in Chicago. Um, she was a USA national team member and she is powerful, like incredibly powerful, um, does a huge uh, skill, a double layout on floor, um, is is super powerful on vault. But her best event is balance beam. She scored multiple tens uh, in her high school careers, which is really difficult, actually, <laughs> um, to do that before you get to college. And uh, she's she does the most difficult skills on beam in our whole lineup. So she's definitely going to be some to watch, someone to watch for. And then Ava Siegfeld is our other freshman. And she was at Olympic trials. She is, I would say her, gosh, it's hard to say what her best events are, but bars and beam right now seem to be really standing out. We need her on vault. She has a great vault. Um, and I would say floor is the one event that she she's going to have to work a little bit more on to, to kind of crack the lineup, but you've got two freshmen that could compete seven events. So that's a, that's a really big deal and a, and a big get for our team. Um, that's wild. Yeah. Two freshmen that come in, in a roster that includes, I felt like so many young players that were called to duty last year and that experience coming back. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That shows a couple youngsters that are ready to go. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, let's talk about Danny Seavers. How's her off season been? Yeah. I, I, I love, Listening to Danny Seavers talk, I know. she has a radio future. She, I hope she knows that. But I'll tell her w- what a season she had last year. Oh my, yes. Um, well, you know, Danny. The one thing you know that that reminds me of Danny is just laughter. She's mm-hmm. like, she has the funniest and most a signature laugh, and she's always smiling. She's very joyful. She's had a great off season. Um, again, someone who's going to contend in the all around for us, no doubt. Beam is the event she's got to really push her way into. Uh, but she's upgraded her bar routine. Um, she's definitely dedicated, uh, passionate about what she's doing. Definitely a leader, especially in in the spirit area. She 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 lifts the team up. So. Definitely somebody we're going to see a lot of. One of the most explosive performers I think I saw last year was Danae Fletcher. Like, literally, she to me, when I watch her, I'm like, she can dunk a, ba- a basketball. She could spike a ball uh, and, and be up in the air. Just explosiveness. How is she going to factor in, you think, this year? Yeah. I, again, I think she'll be a three-event player for oh, us. Wow. Bars, uh, vault, and floor. And uh, she has a really cool a really cool floor routine this year. I think people are going to love it. Silk Sonic. Silk Sonic? Yes. Look at you. Yes. Okay. Let pause real quick. <laughs> How was the DJing? How was, was what's going and finding the music? Oh, it was a little a bit of a struggle. This really? Year. Yeah. Yeah. They Wait, Maybe we need to give some show context because we do have so many new listeners with a yeah. new signal. KJ Kindler, in addition to uh, winning national championships, recruiting top five classes consistently, and 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 doing a lot of the, and this isn't a knock on, but a lot of the marketing. She's here selling the program to you. 
Uh, she also puts together the floor routine and picks out the music. And cuts the music. And and that's right. <laughs> we were sitting here having an Adobe Audition conversation. That's last right, year. man. Let's go. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to borrow your copy. But um, so is a little bit more of a challenge this year. Well, you know, they were just less opinionated, and so that <laughs> okay. means I have to go find more. <laughs> So uh, is that process they, you send it? You, do you send them or do they send you? They clip? send them to me okay. and then I reject them. Right. Okay. <laughs> this year it's like whatever. You just go get whatever, Coach. Uh, well, I did. I did have to. Yes, I did have to find a few pieces. There's no okay. doubt. But there's a great variety, so I think that's that's really cool for the fans. Um. Okay. So I, I'm going to ask you about a Tulsa girl, Sharon and Ramsey. Uh, yes. I gave her a couple of opportunities. I think on the vault uh, down the stretch, mm-hmm. how has she progressed from year one to year two? Sheridan's had some bumps and bruises in the post or after last season, kind of um, a couple things she's recovering from. So she's actually had to change some of the skills she's doing. Talk about a powerful person. Oh. Sheridan's extremely yes. powerful. Um, but I think it's going to take her some time to develop these things. Still was one of those moments – where I, I realized how old I'm getting whenever one of your student athletes is, hey, is your son Will? I went to high school with him. And I'm like, ah, yeah, you're in college now. Now she's entering her second year of college. So she's a good kid from a good school. As is Reagan Smith, who I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I think all of Sooner Nation watched. Where have you seen her biggest growth uh, from last year to this year? Oh, gosh. She, um, I don't know. She's just maturity probably just maturity and getting in on her senior year here and she plans to take a COVID year as well so she's planning to stick around but I always say you know let's wait and see how that season goes before you make that final decision I mean I may not want you here no I'm kidding (laughs) I don't think that's it with her more the opposite you might not want to go again (laughs) you know there was Anastasia Webb that's right didn't do that final year. So you just have to really leave it up to them at the end of the day. They have to really want to do it because it is tough. Like in in gymnastics, your body takes a beating for sure. And um, that final year, you're 23 years old. You know, we've only had a few make it that far. Brenda Dow um, and And then a couple more. Olivia. No one. I don't think anyone really understands the strain it puts on the body and gymnastics. Watching your teams, watching Mark's teams over the last few years. I mean, the injuries you had to deal with them incessantly yeah. last season. It's a it's a grind, isn't it? It is a grind. It's a lot of pounding. You know, uh, we tried to save their bodies as much as possible, landing um, on softer surfaces. But once they start landing hard, you know, which is in the months of November and December, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a little tougher on the body. You know. All right, who haven't I asked about? Um, Jordan, Jordan Jordan Bowers. Yeah. How's she coming along? Great. Um, again, should be an all-arounder for us, no doubt about it. Um, she was someone I thought, if I were to say who grew the most last year, I would have picked Jordan Bowers because from the beginning of the year uh, to the end of the year, she was a completely different person. I think very a little bit tentative at the beginning of the year, really kind of maybe even talking to her, talking herself into into confidence where at the end of the year she had an abundance of confidence so I think just getting all those meets in and being in front of those crowds and really kind of owning who she was uh helped a lot and that confidence you can tell has um really elevated her game quite honestly I haven't asked about Kat yeah Kat Audrey Davis Mm. I mean there's so many stars on this team and they're all what's incredible they're all really vocal um 
they're, they're kind of alpha, alpha females. I've been saying, you know what I mean? They, right. they all want it their way, right? Which is good. You know, we have to learn how to collaborate and bring that all together. But but I love that we have so many people who want to lead the way. Um, Kat, amazing. Again, could be an all-arounder. Floor routines really um, actually, some people have said it's their favorite one. So I'm excited to see her out there on floor. If she competes floor, she'll be an all-arounder for us. And then Audrey Davis, same thing. She competes floor, she'll be an all-arounder. Now, I've mentioned like four or five people who could be all-arounders <laughs> for us. Which is good. And uh, I think we're going to see that. And that is really unusual for Oklahoma. A lot of times, last year, we had none. We had zero all-arounders. We had a lot of three-eventers, things like that. But, but this could be a year where uh, the all-arounder... Um, prevails. <laughs> right. you, got, you got time for two more? Right. I, I have time. I have all day. You have all day? Well, don't say that because <laughs> we'll open up the phone lines and talk transfer portal with you for three hours. Uh, okay. Two more quick ones. Number one, you've talked a lot about competition, right? And and I went through the list and literally I'm like, I can't believe I haven't talked about Kat Lavassier yet. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Lavasser. Lavasser. Where did I get Lavassier from? You, I mean, probably she's French. Well, <laughs> Have her think about it. Okay, um, I will. Say the it ra- sounds great. Radio guy said Lavassier, <laughs> and I think that sounds pretty cool. Uh, but you mentioned in Calavasser, and and we brought up in in Danae and and so many and so many of these rock stars that you have. How do you balance that? You know, competition plus the emotions of someone who might not be at an event, and then making sure that you don't allow bitterness or then even settling to to kind of settle in what's that challenge like as a coach for you when you do have such a talented roster it is very challenging you want a competitive environment in the gym but you also want people to trust one another um and definitely understand why choices are made um no one wants to be on the sideline not not in our group and so that is very tough but it also elevates them every single day to get better so i mean just better every day that's that's kind of the the point of it but it is it definitely is hard to manage at times and then the other side is there's a there's a lot of athletes on this roster that have rings you know they they've got they've got bullying they got championship how is a coach do you keep them motivated on listen it's not it's not good enough we got to go get another one unless your hands are full you don't have enough <laughs> Right? Right, exactly. I mean, our freshmen, they only have two. So there's plenty of fingers left. (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right, Friday's a big deal. We want to get people out Friday, right? Yeah, Friday's our intra-squad. It's First of all, it's a great time to get in the gym, get up close and personal with the student-athletes. You don't get that opportunity when you come to the LNC. You certainly get to see a great show and a great event, but you literally get to be feet away Mm -hmm. from the athletes while they're performing. It also... Uh, provides this really crazy, chaotic environment for our team to compete in. And when they're competing in that, they're getting better. You know, uh, obstacles and and distractions are everywhere (laughs) during the intra-squad. Whether it's a two-year-old running across the floor mat while you're doing your floor routine (laughs) or someone who's kind of like leaning in during your bar dismount, it's really fun. They get to be really close. And they get to hear a little bit more about the team. Uh, get autographs at the end, you know, with COVID. We haven't done that in quite some time. So um, we have some, we have our new posters. They just came out. And then we have some NCAA championship posters that are a limited edition. Limited edition. That sounds so (laughs) fancy. Gold trim. Yeah, right. Yeah, Um, that's nice. uh, So they'll be signing those at the end of the 
at the end of the night. So you get to meet the team, learn about our new freshmen, kind of see their personalities, you know, down down on the floor. I think it's super fun. Great for families. Um, yeah, just a great event. You can buy season tickets when you come. Um, there'll be giveaways during the event. Um, tosses, t-shirt tosses, you know, can, can all the stuff. I just want to give a piece of advice too, if you're going, um, you're if you're subjecting for the first time, say like I've got an eight year old. Not only are you going to end up getting everything signed, but you're going to end up buying season tickets. So I'm just preparing you now. That's what happened to me. I think it was last year, the year before. Took my kid. Ended up not just getting every signature possible, but season tickets too. So just prepare yourself because it's going to. Uh, and I mean this in a good way. It's going to engulf your kid. It's going to um, fire you up. It's it's fun. And oh. you guys win a lot too, which is really fun. Yeah, and our slate this our home slate Notice is that. ridiculous. You've really challenged yeah. yourself this year, but you do I that know. every year. Yeah, but I think our strength of schedule is is the deepest ever, ever. The month of January is mind blowing. So <laughs> I'm uh I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be very <laughs> exciting. Um that first meet in Vegas, uh, they haven't announced it yet, but I'll I'll just say, you know, we're looking at UCLA, Auburn, Michigan in our session, Ooh. which is which is awesome. And then, of course, Is we, that the TBA on January 7th? Yeah, okay, it okay. is. And then we head to LSU, which um, number two attendance in the country, um, just crazy. And they're coming off kind of a rough year from last year. I feel like they've been really motivated in the, in the off season. So um, definitely looking at a, a team that wants to rebound. And then Utah, our first home meet. Um, we're on ESPN, the network. Uh, it's the biggest, uh, definitely the biggest uh, television production of the year for the sport of gymnastics. Um, Utah, I don't know if you remember, I've tried to block it out, but we (laughs) lost when we went there last year. (laughs) And uh, it was just by, you know, inches. And so um, definitely looking to uh, host a great meet there and want to fill the stands. That first meet, listen, you come, you'll never, you will never miss a meet again if you come to that meet. I I guarantee it. It's going to be mind-blowing. You want to make sure you come for the Iowa State meet, too, on February 3rd, just to, so you can hear that little siren that they play before they start all of their... Do they still do that? <laughs> yeah. Iowa Is State. that the tornado siren? Yes. <laughs> they have, like, at, before everyone takes the floor, it, it took me a while because, like... <laughs> And then they take the floor and do their thing. So, oh, you think it's just getting to see a nationally televised match? Oh no, no, the cyclone warning horn is what you need to come for. No, this is awesome. And and you've brought this up many times. We'll talk about it a lot. That era we're entering into in the SEC. That's that's next level yeah. for your sport. Absolutely, we've got Florida here. They were number two last year by what was it? Point oh something. Yeah, I tried. I I don't know what the number is. It was low. It was. But it was, it was, but tight. it was so close. It was so incredibly close. It's a rematch, basically, in the Lloyd Noble Center. We've we've had the great opportunity of having a couple moments like that against Michigan and UCLA in recent years, where we had ten thousand plus people in the stands. I mean, you just can't miss those meets. Um, not just because they'll be great to to witness, but also our team needs you there. You know, we yeah. we really feed off the atmosphere, um, and providing atmospheres like that's very intimidating to the competition as well. You're awesome. Glad you're back. Thank Glad you. Glad you have some time now. That's KJ Kindler. We'll take a time out when we come back. Uh, the latest news of a wild Monday right here on the ref. All right, all right. Welcome back into the Plank Show. That so Tuesdays. KJ comes and hangs out with us. I thoroughly enjoy it, and she's the best. 13 names as we say good morning. Everybody with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. 13 names in the portal. We added one yesterday for Oklahoma. Let me know if I missed anyone to add to this list outside of Brian Darby from yesterday. 
Traven West. Traven uh, Trayvon West went in the portal? How did I miss that? All right. So, 14 names. I'm, we're keeping a running tab here in, in studio. It's right behind our liner that reminds you, we're coming to Tulsa. Kevin Wilson country on Friday will be at Tally's with the Plank Show from 9 until you noon. You got uh, Cedric Roberts on the list as well. Cedric Roberts, so that'll make 15. Big Seti. Ced- I-, I won't lie to you. Whenever I would see the Cedric Roberts on the roster, there was a part of me that it took a moment where I was like, isn't that the kid that like played for him like eight years ago? But so there you go. That's that's the outward list for Oklahoma. Any any names on there, Josh, now that we've had kind of twenty four hours to immerse ourselves. Obviously the you know, special teams takes a hit. Brian Darby was the gunner on special teams and did a really nice job. Or not Brian Darby, excuse me, Trayvon West was. I still think this this comes down to, you know, Theo Wees being the one name of the fifteen that you that you maybe concern yourself with more than anyone else. But on on the outward list, it kind of goes back to what Brent Venable said yesterday, right? It's not, you know, Theo Wee started some games for us, but, you know, outside of that, it's it's a list that the guys that una- were unable to really carve out a niche for themselves. And maybe an Alton Tarper or Cedric Roberts, certainly Nick Evers at quarterback, you look at and say, okay, Maybe there was a bright future at Oklahoma, but in terms of right here, right now, contributions, yeah, you're looking at Theo Wees. And you're right. You know, maybe in, in three years from now, we look, and Alton Tarber is is leading college football in sacks, and you're like, gosh, miss an opportunity there. Or Clayton Smith, I know everyone's been really high on Clayton Smith, but... Cavante Henry was somebody that was... Sure. You know, And, and, and Nick Evers, too, but for now... You know, not necessarily names that make you worried about the overall future of the program. And, again, I'm trying to be delicate in it, but, you know, how many of these guys are in the portal because they're going to a better opportunity than Oklahoma? Probably not many. How many people of the of the number in the portal, period, are going to better opportunities? Josh? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> This is wild. This is wild to see what's currently gone on over the last 24 hours. But here's the list of OU guys in the portal. As of 9.34 a.m., Joseph Wete, who's been in there for a minute. And, and I, by the way, I want to quickly do this because I thought Parker brought up an excellent point yesterday. He goes, he was laying out, he goes, what am I, five? He was laying out that some of the guys hadn't officially put their name into the portal but were expected to, but others might just be done with football. I mean, that's a reality, too, that some of the guys that you found and weren't on the list and are on the roster and you haven't heard them in the portal yet, maybe there's a chance that just they're, they're done with football or our injuries won't allow them to continue. Regardless, here we, here we go. Joseph Wete, Clayton Smith, Joshua Eaton, Kendall Davis, uh, Kendall Dennis, Jordan Mukes, Theo Wees. Those were the names that were in over the weekend, <clears throat> or at least that it announced. Nick Evers, Alton Tarber, Bray Walker, Bryson Washington, Ralph Rucker, Cavante Henry, Brian Darby, Trayvon West, and Cedric Roberts. That 
seem anyone missing from that? Anyone that jaw drops you or wows you? I don't think anybody's okay. missing from that. Outside of, of everything else, nothing has changed. Here's what we know about players the Sooners appear to be interested in coming out of the portal. And as as I've predicted, I would think this number of players that they're going to go to get would be six to seven to eight. So I'm like, we get 15 guys out. We're not fighting about that today. Not happening. But if you paid attention during the Oklahoma showdown with Kent Estate earlier this season, there is a really good chance that you were watching a future Sooner play for Kent State. Dante Cephas, the wide receiver out of Pittsburgh that's played a couple of seasons at Kent State, really solid receiver, 6'1", 186, uh, three touchdown catches, 750 yards last year, has an offer from Oklahoma. And how how do we know this? Well, basically, they decided to tell us on Twitter. (laughs) Meanwhile, the other player is, is it Rara Thomas? The Mississippi State wide receiver, 6'2", 200 pounds, seven touchdowns last year. But this dude, according to his social media feed, seems like he has an offer from just about everybody right now. Georgia, Alabama. Tennessee, you name it, the Mississippi State transfer, Thomas has an offer from them. Yeah, just look at his, look at his most recent offers. Um, Tennessee, Georgia, Ole Miss, Utah, Auburn. This is a dude, since he put his name in the portal, has about everyone for him. So early returns on that, just thoughts. Thoughts. Looks like Oklahoma wants a couple of skill guys is what ding, ding, I think ding. about it. Ding, ding, ding. I think they want a receiver. I really do. Now, um, when we come back, let's hit on the defensive side of it and some of the buzz that's building there. As always, want to hear from you on this, 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, You can use the phone to call us outside of just texting if you would like. Riverwind Casino Jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show, and everybody should be following us at KREF Sports. I have a question, though, for you, too, when we come back that I want you to think about, Josh. Maybe we take the break to think about it. Is this stretch and and how it looks and the optics of free agency in college football, which, again, take for what you want, is this something that, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but do you think the NCAA and college football coaches are celebrating this? Or do you think they look at it and it's a bit of an embarrassment? Do they look at it and are concerned about it? Do they look at it as a, this is a small time, a small amount of time when we're going to deal with this two years with the COVID year? How do you think this is viewed and how do you view what's happening in college football right now? Like, are you like, yeah, let's go. This is awesome. Or is this more problematic what we've seen taking place over the last couple of days. Think about it during the break. Think about it during the break. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. You know, someone said it yesterday, and as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, it's really resonated with me. These these last few days have, it's, it's like February, March, and April in the NFL. 
right? Only players, I guess to a certain degree, they can decide if they want to leave, right? <laughs> There's player options and contracts. But, you know, you every team decides or every team's fan base decides they've got to get this guy or they've got to get that guy. And maybe you hear about a player in the NFL that gets cut or couldn't come to an agreement and is on the free agent market immediately. Oh, we got to go get this guy. Welcome to the NFL offseason, college football fans, because literally what we witnessed yesterday was about every other dude that seemed like they went into the portal, Josh. I saw covered wagons. Come here. You need to be at OU. I, someone on the text like Trace Ford needs to come to Oklahoma and all these different names. And again, there's not enough room for everybody, but it's kind of wild to see just how quickly – it's just like recruiting in some ways, only there's a shorter timeline. How quickly it becomes, oh, yeah, this guy needs to come here. This guy needs to come. I want you to come here. He's going to make our team better instantly. Then another – literally, you can't go get 15 transfer portal guys, everybody. Just just that's my, that's my warning. And you've got to also stay a little bit patient because you don't know after March who might throw their name in there too. There might be a new coaching staff somewhere and a guy that you've scouted a bit or you've seen and you're interested in. It's like, what if he becomes available? So it's it's a hard time to be a coach and understand all these numbers, I think, Well, too. you could, right, go get 15 transfer portal guys if you wanted to. You could. But probably that's not necessarily the greatest year-to-year approach. For Deion Sanders in Colorado. Absolutely. Makes a ton of sense, right? Just took over. And, and I'm – this is no commentary on the speech that he gave when he arrived, but just in general, it makes sense, right, that right. you'd want to overhaul the roster. Place they were like, not very good. No, they, they were terrible. Place like Oklahoma, 6-6, six and six, year two, I could see where maybe you'd, you'd want to continue to overhaul the roster a little bit, but now all of a sudden you, you'd think, right, despite the transfer portal losses that Oklahoma's had with its roster, that you're a little more settled today than you were this time a year ago, right? Oh, yeah. This time 11 months ago. So you want to be, I do think, to a certain degree, choosy out of the transfer portal, too. You don't just, you don't just take every player, right, that's interested in the University of Oklahoma. Because if you did. I, I did enjoy yesterday the report that, 200 people in the portal had already contacted Colorado. I'm going to go out on a limb, and based on the number of people that are currently in the portal, I would say in one way, shape, or form, about 200 to 300 guys have also contacted Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, it's just, wow, already 200 people. Yes, because there's 700 people in the portal right now. And a bunch of quarterbacks who are looking for a place to start, and that's one place that they look at and say, I can start there. Ugh. So, wait, Ugh. though. You're telling me two out of every seven kids that are in the portal have contacted Colorado? That's according to the report that someone had. 200, yes. Two, that, I, math is not my strong suit. But, yeah, if I look, Transfer Portal Colorado is where you might find it. It was one of the – man, I'm starting to wonder, Josh Helmer. I'm starting to wonder. I'll have to ask Perry about this. There you go. Um, we'll have to ask Perry about this. Are Denver media the biggest homers on the planet? <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. Yeah, there it is.
A source at Colorado tells me over 200 recruits and oh, and portal transfers have reached out in the last 12 hours. Some of them are four and four, uh, five-star caliber players. Deion Sanders has a chance to make a, some noise before signing day. <laughs> some of them are four and five-star caliber players. Thanks, Josh Newberg. That's very, very specific stuff. Congrats that's, uh, on the clout. That's Josh from on three. <laughs> Gosh. Um, let's answer the question. It's a plank show right here on the ref. We'll get to the, the defensive side or the guys we talked about. Right, the transfer, the rush edge from Indiana, our edge rusher from Indiana. McCullough. Did we determine, did Steelman determine how to pronounce his brother's first name? It's Day, is Day. my under, oh, understanding. Okay. Day. With unique spelling for Day. Love it. But he was a Cincinnati commit, his brother, that was obviously kind of open back up once Luke Fickle left, and Oklahoma has pounced on him as a safety. Kind of feel like a combo deal there. A lot of people pointed out Austin Stogner being crystal balled back on the offensive side. I think that'd be a cool fit. I don't think you'd have to waste too much time on your edit in trying to put Austin Stogner in an OU uniform. Did you hear what, uh, by the way, I, I listened to basically all of Steelman and Parker yesterday because we were driving around. Um, did you hear what Parker said about Austin Stogner? I thought it was pretty good. No, yeah, I don't know that Historically, I, did. I, didn't, I don't know if I even knew the whole story, but – Leaving Oklahoma wasn't necessarily about OU. It was just there was so much unknown, and he didn't know if his position coach would be back. And so he had made the decision to enter the portal, and boom, his previous position coach is out at South Carolina. So, I mean, it's almost like a perfect fit. So it wasn't like he left Oklahoma because something was wrong at OU. In his mind, he didn't know if his coach was going to be there, so he took a little bit more of a given and then worked on recruiting Spencer Rattler to South Carolina and didn't have a lot of catches this year, but I thought he helped get Rattler there, which helped South Carolina down the stretch. And that's something we probably don't think about a lot is that – and actually, believe it or not, this was just from personal experience, sort of how my transfer from Kansas to Oklahoma played out is like you tell one person, yeah, I'm thinking about transferring, and all of a sudden, boom, three things happen and you're, sure. you're gone. Right. So I, I wonder if something with Austin Stogner was – similar there to where it's yeah I'm gonna enter the transfer portal and then boom bang boom you've made three decisions and you're at South Carolina yeah I I just for a young person that can happen quick right and then there's no one that's like hey no 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 take your time at that point it's like hey you got to get here you got to get enrolled right you got to you got to get enrolled let's go you gotta be going to classes so, I mean look at look at Dylan Gabriel everyone that wants to dump on Dylan Gabriel where would we be if he had decided to go ahead and get a what do, what do Texas Tech fans always say? Mark Adams didn't get on that plane. What if Dylan Gabriel got on that plane, right? Where would we be this year? We'd have Jackson Dart. We would have been better. I hear you. <laughs> we would have been 8-4. and four. But my point more than anything else is it sh- those. You're, that's a great point, Josh. They're split-second decisions. They really are. And it, and it happens quick. Um, I asked a question before the break, and I appreciate my man Jim in Arlington making sure I didn't forget it. Do you think the NCAA and college coaches like what's happening right now in the transfer portal? I mean, do you think in every, every, all of us celebrate because it's content and it's been this show for two days? Do you think they're happy with what's going on right now? Absolutely not. By and large, no. But uh, I would say learn to love it. Right. Learn to be like Dion and embrace it. I'm not saying that everything that his little first team meeting probably was not handled perfectly. 
And maybe looking back in the future, there he's going to say there's some things I wish I had said differently. But he's at least got one thing right. And I think that is you got to go all in on this thing. You, you have to, to some degree, learn to love it. The, the coaches that just are out talking about how much they hate it, not good. Learn to love it because it ain't going away. Yeah. At least in the short term. It doesn't appear like we're going away. Or it's going away. I hope we're not going away. We'll take a break. Got some good texts already on this and some some tweets as well. A Plank Show at Josh on Rev. This is the home of Sooner fans. Um, we have a pair of tickets to tonight's OU men's hoops game. This is very this is gonna be the easiest giveaway you could potentially ever win in your life. All you have to do is text the show. And let's see, where hold on. I'm way behind now. There you go. They uh will give with open open transfer, what am I talking about? With mobile transfer on ticketing, you don't have to come up here and grab them. Um great fan of not just the Sooners, but of the ref. Susan can't go tonight. She wants to make sure. Oh well, I didn't give your full name, don't worry. A great fan wanted to make sure that everyone gets a chance to see this game. When she can't. So hit us up, 405-651-3439. We'll randomly pick one during the top of the hour break to win a pair of tickets to tonight's basketball game, which includes courtside club access. I might take Pretty sweet deal. And the winner is Chris uh, One of us. <laughs> Quick break. All right, let's, let's, let's debate and discuss the portal next.